interesting. This is ASMR. This is ASMR. I don't actually know how to do this. Do you? I'm I'm crinkling paper now. I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it when they're like they're chewing on something. Like they've got chewing gum. They're just like. No, it, it's so terrible. Or when they're just like caressing something yeah. with their hands, and they've got like really long nails that just yes. like. <laughs> um, there is okay. I'm actually gonna take this opportunity to once again shout out this uh, YouTube channel. It's called Hidamari Cooking. There is this Japanese woman who never speaks or is seen on camera, um, and she just she just makes like no bake dessert recipes in the most like pristine looking future chrome kitchen i've ever ever seen and but it's like asmr dessert making so like all you hear are the sounds of things like being made and that's that's like it and there's no words or anything and it's just like listening to the sound of like an egg crack you know it's like echoed and elevated and it's like it's very good (laughs) it's good content so shout out! I love your channel, uh, Mari. Keep keep it up. <laughs> I know you're listening. Um, <laughs> this was a result of a thing that I remember happened a few years ago when the YouTube algorithm screwed up, and one of her videos ended up on the homepage of every person in the world <laughs> at the same time. So her <laughs> channel has like 30 million subscribers. <laughs> what a great mess up, though. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um. All right. So we are we are in it now. I'm in the I'm in the bones. Um, it's a new co- phrase I'm trying to coin. We're in, uh, in the we're in it now. I'm uh, I was just driving for nearly an hour to go eight miles to get home, which was exciting. Um, which uh, the math doesn't really add up when I think about it. It would be quicker to just walk. It's possible. <laughs> How long would it take you to walk eight miles? Oh, a while. We should ask uh, Eminem. Yeah, I was gonna just trying to figure out how to make an Eminem joke, but I couldn't get there. Yeah, I'd say it takes about twenty minutes to walk a mile. So, yeah, um, how fast you go. I yeah, I, how yeah. I think are. if you if you keep up the the pace, I could see twenty minutes like per mile. So, probably still faster to drive, but um, if it gets worse, I'll have to rethink my strat on that. Um okay, so anyway, let's let's uh jump into it. So we are here to talk about um The Last of Us on HBO episode three, uh Bill and Frank's Funtime House, I think was the name of the episode. Really? That doesn't <laughs> oh, no. really I haven't looked at any of the episode names. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was Hold called on. it was called Long Long Time or something like that. Long Probably something sad, I bet. Let me see. Um, TV series. Alright. Episodes. Uh, yeah, long, long time. Uh, that uh, was... So this one was written by Peter Hoare. That's an unfortunate last name. <laughs> um, and, uh, or directed by, sorry. Um... Oh, interesting. So, yeah, Craig Craig Mazin. Mazin is it Mazin or Mazin, the guy who does? This I show? I don't know. All right. Um. Anyway, he 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 uh, wrote this one. So, um. Good work, Craig and Peter. Love your work. <laughs> so, um. 
First thing I'm I'm remembering is that this episode uh, again experienced a big viewer spike, and uh, I don't remember the exact numbers, but um, this is pretty unusual at this point. It's actually up to like I think they had seven point five million viewers like live on on HBO on the launch night, so um, probably uh, a good bit. It is kind and, of insane. Um because of that season two has just been confirmed yeah um so we definitely getting season two that will um i think is i think i saw somewhere that they said season two will be the whole last of us part two so there's um which i'm actually kind of surprised by there's definitely enough material in there to turn it into two seasons honestly it's a long ass game it's like a 25 hour game yeah Um, absolutely god help whoever plays abby Abby, yeah geez man do she's gonna have to not have social media ever yeah um felicia do you know about this the whole like shittiness that's happened with this this game um no because (laughs) sure i'm coming into this pretty blind uh so um that's pretty exciting one of the main characters yeah abby in the last of us part two um abby does a bad thing it's not just that she does a bad thing bad thing it's that like the the reason that so many people got mad was they were like i can't jerk off to this like that literally was the whole thing they're like abby's too ugly and she looks too masculine and i so i hate her i don't want her in this it's kind of like how they felt about Aloy and Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Higher fans, lol. Um, uh, Abby didn't rock out in like makeup and heels like in the apocalypse. I don't know. It's weird. Hair, like. I don't. <laughs> uh, God forbid she has any visible muscle. Not in my house. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, but I'd like. It it does kind of remind me of like people getting like mad about Bella Ramsey because they're like. She's ugly. I don't like looking at her. I'm like, well, I mean, the character's like, the character's like 14, so yeah, you you wanted like a sexier child. Is <laughs> like, is that what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> please, please let me dial the FBI. Show yeah, location. sure. Um, oh, speaking of Ellie, there she is. I saw her zoom out. By the way, like she zoomed from the back room i'm guessing your bedroom yeah and it was hilarious like when you go back and watch this i need you to see her zoom out from the back ellie you're on the tv she's like i don't i don't care sir (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah anyway um yeah so yeah season two confirmed i am guessing that's going to be like 2025 (laughs) like uh just considering how long it took to make this season um, it took like over a year, I believe, from when they like started working on it to to get this made. So, um, Ellie's chasing some sort of ghost, and I'm the thing. I always like get like I'm. I know that cats like will run around and chase things and aren't there a lot of the time. But then one time it was a cockroach. So like every time I like see her running around, I'm like, it's back, <laughs> it's back. <laughs> that, that was me in the bathroom last night Tiberius kept running around I was like what do you see and then I realized it was a palmetto bug and I was like get it I don't want to deal with it get him he couldn't, he couldn't get it I was terrified and cats was are like, not good at catching bugs I was like I can't use this bathroom bye I'm yeah. just bye never using it again I'll just piss <laughs> a, in the streets a good pet for catching bugs is Jack Russell 
Oh, really? Because that, well, they're bred for mouse catching, but you uh-huh. can easily um, use that for spiders. I used to sick my Jack Russell onto spiders. <laughs> wow. Um, ooh, you know what? I had a thought of like a little like warm up opening thing here of like uh, you should just say a thing that you've been uh, uh, another thing you've watched recently you you might recommend. Does anyone have a thing they want to recommend? Oh, I was watching Lockwood and Co. It's I was on... too. It's on well, Netflix. That was going to be mine. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it and then I got a little scared and I was like, I need to turn on all the lights. I'm just going to say I'm glad the effects are not better on that show because I would be scared yeah. if they were. Yeah, it, the effects are not very good. Um, the girl in it um, who plays uh, Lucy, she yeah. is on Bridgerton. Just, oh, okay. She plays one of the sisters, and um, the boy who plays Lock, uh, Lockwood, he is a new actor, so I think um, it's a, a pretty good show so far. I haven't finished it yet. Almost. Yeah, I'm only on season, or episode two. I will say that uh, Lockwood & Co. books I read uh, a while ago, um, this show is, I think, maybe in the most loose terms based on them. <laughs> I like <laughs> I like really can't think of a more loose adaptation I've seen but I'm actually quite I actually really like how the show turned out it's very very different like none of, none of this like shit they're talking about with, like these are all these like like institutions of like ghost hunters and then like none of that shit is happening like the books is just like there's like these two kids that have like sort of psychic powers and they're also like 10 years younger in the books <laughs> And they're like, oh. yeah, and they're just like all neighbors in this country estate. And they're like, uh, oh, like we're bored over the summer and there's a ghost thing happening. Like we're, we're going to investigate together. It's like a very like young adult sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, very, very loosely based on it. Um, but also want to say shout out um, because these books were written by Jonathan Stroud, who was also the writer of the Bartimaeus trilogy, which are some of my favorite books of all time. So read those instead. Um, these are fine. Uh, okay, Jess, do you do one? I've been watching Soulmates on Amazon Prime. It's kind of like a Black Mirror kind of thing where it's like set in the future where they've like found a test that can like work out who your soulmate is. So it kind of oh, I heard cre- about this. Yeah, yeah, it kind of creates like a scenario where married couples who were married before this test came about are now thinking about whether they should take this test to meet their soulmate or not. And like each episode, it's an anthology series. So each episode is like a different story based around this premise. Oh, interesting. And is it extremely sad, like it sounds? It's no. Some of the some of the episodes are quite light-hearted. Like some of them are revolve around monogamy. So there's this married couple and they're monogamous. And one of the what uh, one person in the couple once did the test like years and years ago. Because if you do the test and your soulmate hasn't done the test themselves, then it will just come up with they haven't done the test yet, and you won't get a result until they've done it. Yeah. So she did that while they're on a break, and then like years later, she gets her result. And they kind of decide to do do it monogamously, so they uh, they remain married, but then they also um, go into relationships with their soulmates, and so it's it's like different scenarios. And then some of it is depressing, like some of it is like a married couple was like breaking up because of it. Um, but then it's it's also an interesting premise of uh, love is a choice. Um, 
so you 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 love married couples who have been together for like years and years and they've that's what they've built their relationship on and then they'll go and meet their soulmate and realize yes their soulmate is made for them but maybe not like built for a relationship Mm. okay interesting that sounds very introspective i think i just want to watch these kids chase around some ghosts instead (laughs) um Okay, so uh, yeah, recommend recommendations all around. Let's let's get into the episode. So um, we kicked off with a little framing device um, with um, having Joel and Ellie hanging out in the forest, doing their doing their banter, their their classic little back and forth, um, and uh, learning about how uh, everybody was just sort of gunned down in the streets, <laughs> and that was exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I actually don't know, Jess, do you remember if that's a detail from the game that they were like, everyone who they couldn't quarantine, they just gunned down in the streets? No, I don't remember them saying that, but I kind of got that premise anyway, because mm-hmm. they said they, they mentioned the fact that they had bombed the cities. That's why all the buildings like derelicts, because they bombed the place to like stop the right. spread. So I kind of got the impression that they had been just taking out um, like regular people who weren't infected just to just stop the spread. Yeah, um, Felicia, how would you feel about getting shot in the street? Um, well, I previously mentioned I don't want to live in this time. Yeah, I remember. I want to go, I kind of want to go out on my own terms. So, uh, I don't know if I would have followed the government. I would have kind of hidden in my basement as well and come out on my own terms. Do you have a basement? What? You have a basement? Uh, you know, basements are very common in the north. I did grow up with one, so. Yeah, oh, I just meant not in your apartment right now, though. No, no. Uh, yeah, we had a basement, too, growing up. Um, it was like a fully finished basement that, like, you could use as a whole wing of a house. Ooh, cat sighting. Yeah. He's been prowling around. Oh. Um, Jess, have you ever seen a basement before? Yeah, they're quite common in the UK. <laughs> yeah, so. they're common in older houses. So my dad, my dad lives in a Victorian era house so that's got a basement, but they they commonly flood as well. Yeah, are now are you in one of the ones that's like six feet wide? Um, no, it's it's kind of it, it's thin, but it's yeah, it's you don't you don't it's just thin like room wise, like you don't have rooms like next to each other. You've just kind of got like a room and then a room. Oh, okay. Uh, interesting. In is it's kind of like a shotgun house. Yeah, basically. Mm. Um. Okay. So, yeah the the framing devices. I I will say that I think for me like the only negative thing I would say about this episode is that like I feel like the way that they transitioned from the present time back to like twenty years ago was like a little bit like weird. <laughs> Like, yeah, abrupt. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they didn't need that intro with Ellie and Joel, yeah. or yeah, it could have just started off with Bill and Frank, and that could have been the whole episode, really, and it ending with Ellie yes. and Joel coming that, into the house. I think that would have been great, and like the, the the little bits they talked about in there could have been incorporated into the last episode earlier on. Like, I, I don't feel like anything like uh, like that would have been necessary. But regardless, other than that, like. Yeah, I mean, I uh, think I shared the common sentiment. This was fantastic episode. Um, 
I really, really liked this little, like, peek into just somebody's, like, life during the apocalypse. Because, like, it's not something that you get to see, I guess, often in these things. Like, you don't get to see somebody's, like, life developing, like, year by year or whatever, like, as they, like, try to, like, find life, basically, after after the end of the world. Mm. Um it's nice to see someone thrive in the apocalypse. Yeah, all we see it. Exciting if they did it. Right. All we see is is like um, it's just this idea that it's it's so rubbish. Like, what what would you want to carry on in the apocalypse? So, it's just it's just so shit. Everyone's having a shit time. Right. <laughs> so it's good to see like actually someone benefit. Well, not really benefiting from it, but actually finding like, yeah, a way figure- to like live yeah. live a fulfilled life. Exactly, and I think like. I'm really glad they cast Nick Offerman for this. I think he really, I mean, like just looking at him, like is just like everything you need to know. This is like a, a rugged survival man who doesn't trust the government, <laughs> you know, like. Uh, and he loves bacon, so. He does love bacon, um, but yeah, I'm of course a, a big fan of his from his time on Parks and Rec. But I believe he was in a drama show last year or something that people said was also amazing, um, which I don't think I have seen. But, um, yeah, he was fantastic in this. And what was the other guy's name? Murray Bartlett, I believe. No, the the actor. Oh. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, yeah, his name was Frank, though. I I guess that was right. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I know this one. (laughs) Um, I really, yeah, so I I really loved this episode. And, like, I I, I don't know. what, What I was kind of thinking of during this was, like, I feel like this is weirdly the kind of, Maybe not to this, like, degree of, of emotion and, and height, you know, but, like, the idea of this, like, somebody just living their life after the apocalypse, like, I feel like this is the kind of thing I would want to have seen from the Fallout TV show that's coming up. Like, just have these, like, little stories of people's lives after after the end of the world, essentially. Because, um, like, that, that has always fascinated me in, in like, an anthology sense. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. What did you guys think? I liked it. Great. Um, I I think that I would have, like, if I didn't have a partner, I would have been lonely, especially not without a lot of books to read. He did have a library, but um, I couldn't live without technology. I couldn't live without reading stuff. Also, he had extreme survival skills I do not have. Yeah, that so is a I key part. That's, like, super important. Like, he knew how to, to do a lot of stuff that so many people don't know how to do. And also, I just thought it was amazing, like, he the way he broke into, like, the, like, to get power and just always have power. And, like, that never went down. I was like, can you imagine? Well, he had a generator it, he was running also. Um well, I will say generators really don't work that way, but you mm-hmm. know, it's 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 a show. But yeah, because um, it would only like run like the refrigerator; it wouldn't run all the lights and stuff. But like never having to pay your water or your power bill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, hmm, sorry, it's because uh, Bill's a survivalist. Um, so back in like the normal time, he would have been prepping for the apocalypse anyway. He would have yeah. been one of those people had a bunker and he was he, he had devoted his life basically to prepping for a potential apocalypse and that's why he's thrived so much yeah um i get the feeling he's strongly libertarian <laughs> um yeah <laughs> but um yeah i i 
it's interesting like um how this differs so much from the game because like um bill isn't a character that i really remembered because frankly he doesn't play like a huge part in the game and frank is just like a guy that you hear about and not somebody that you meet um but like i don't know jess do you remember exactly what happens there because i was uh, yeah, so basically they meet Bill and Bill keeps on talking about his partner Frank, um, who he used to work with. Well, he he calls him his partner, and um, Neil Drunkman has said that he he meant partner as in like working partner. He never is so, like meant like relationship, but that that's always confused me because I always got it from like a relationship wise. But anyway. Bill saying how his partner Frank uh, they got into an argument and he's like ran off. Um, so mm -hmm. like uh, Joel, him, Joel and Ellie are just kind of like um, doing business. So Joel needs a card to basically go out to see his brother. And uh, while they're investigating, uh, rather than like just the house and the neighboring houses, like Bill actually has control of a whole town. He's like booby trapped the whole place. Um, and while they're investigating the town and basically like getting the supplies Joel needs, they discover Frank uh, has like hung himself um, because he got he got into an argument, left the house, and then got bit. And rather than turning, he's decided to hang himself, and he's left uh, Bill a letter say like basically saying how much he hates him. Yeah. Um, with the uh, the, the relationship. Yeah, the relationship part comes in because uh, as Joel and Ellie leave, Ellie's like nicks some of uh, Bill's magazines and uh, they're, they're gay porn magazines. So you kind of get the idea that Bill was in a relationship with Frank. Yeah, um, it's really, really not like a big part of the of the game either. Like I, I like vaguely remember this and it's like it's like a half hour section of the game. It's like not huge. Um, yeah. But yeah, basically, I, I did see this thing where Neil Druckmann was talking about how like he was like, I, you know, back then, like when I wrote that, I was thinking like this is like a very tragic story of an ending of like a, a like a partnership here in like it's uh he, and then he was like, you know, while they were sitting down to write this show, he was like trying to think about like I've made so much of this show like so tragic, like maybe this is the happy story like maybe maybe this maybe i can like actually retrofit this into be like the hopeful part of this whole thing um and like i i mean i think it it did it was a huge huge like i did a i did a wholesome cry which i don't do often um when they were doing the strawberries thing yeah i think a lot of people said i didn't cry i'll be honest i'm I think because I wasn't attached to them. And I know that a lot of people got Disgusting. attached watching it. I know, I know. It, but um, I think that that was a really good moment. And also the fact that, you know, he was such a grumpy man, but his partner is so was so open to having other people around, especially yeah. trusting Joel and Tess. The fact that he would, he's like, which gun did you train? He's like, but we got these strawberries, <laughs> and it was such a it was such a good moment between them, like just happy in that time. Yeah, I I was really like, I don't know, just a lot of that 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 part made me like cry a little bit. The part where I like really started like actually crying was when Frank was talking about like, uh, I was sitting there telling him like, and then 
I like, you know, it was like telling him the list of things they were going to do that day. It's like, then we're going to go and put our suits on and we're going to get married. And then you're going to give me this drug. And I was like, oh my God. I just like started freaking like bawling my eyes out. Um, For me, it was when uh, the song came on um, of on Nature of Daylight by, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's either Max Richter or Max Richter. Richter, um, I think. Yeah, yeah, but I, I love that song. That's one of my favorite songs ever. Aww. And they, they used it for most of Arrival throughout the whole fil film. And then they also used it in Shutter Island as well. Nice. I think it's such a beautiful track. And I, I wasn't expecting to hear that play when uh, they were like prepping for uh, Frank's like, final moments. And yeah, that really like set me off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really liked also the transition when... Um and they're trying to fight off the people at the gates and you see him get shot and it transitions and you see him in a wheelchair and you think it's one person and it's not i really like the way they transition that yeah 20 years later i thought that was such a a cool way they they filmed that yeah, yeah. i think that was also quite like symbolic because um Frank's basically got a uh, neuromus uh, a like a muscular degenerative disorder, but like um, MS or uh, I can't remember what is, the other one is. Is it Lou Gehrig's disease? I couldn't uh, they, tell. They didn't. Uh, so basically, uh, Craig Marzin or Mazin that he said um, it was a degenerative muscle disease, a bit like MS, but he he wasn't going to specify which one it was. I guess like they wouldn't know because they can't he, he can't go to a doctor and find right. out what he's got. So he's basically it's just like what he thinks he's got, um, and he knows there's no cure for it because we don't have a cure for it now. So we wouldn't in the apocalypse either. Right. Um, but I thought it was quite symbolic how it was Frank who got the disease and not bill because throughout the whole episode we see that uh frank's so much healthier than bill is like frank's like trying to get bill to go out running right um bill's like commenting on how he's aging quicker than frank is because bill's like not as healthy and yet it's frank who gets ill at the end and it kind of shows that these like diseases can just take anyone yeah it is really sad that kind of thing where like you're i don't know like like reflecting on the idea that like you're it's even if, okay, th I guess this is the thing I was trying to say. Like, even if the apocalypse wasn't happening, his body would be, like, deteriorating anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, sorry, Felicia, you were saying? No, I agree with that. What you were saying. Sad. Yeah. But, like, I really liked this, this like, I mean, I, I will say genuinely, like, I, and I think it's because they took a whole episode to, like, focus on it and take us, like, you know year by year a little like a little bit like skipping around um you know and show them them their relationship developing it felt like a very natural thing and like i don't know like i, I feel like and i i will say this i will confess i don't really watch a lot of like romance romantic dramas or anything like that so i don't have like a huge frame of reference i know felicia's our expert um <laughs> but um my like, uh, favorite romances are all like really depressing. Like it, that I like them if they're depressing. There you go. I only like, I like only like anime romantic comedies. Mine's well, like Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind, oh, and the Atomic. Oh man, <laughs> so sad. Christ. But like, regardless, I feel like this is one of the better like developed relationships I've I've seen on a TV show in a long, long time. 
Um, and I felt for these characters and like, it, it really did have that effect of me being like, I'm never going to have this and just like crying. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> well, we hope we're never in the apocalypse and yeah, you have to experience, true. uh, basically where you're forced to be with <laughs> one person. Mm-hmm. I like uh, how it showed like the negatives of relationship. Like Frank and Bill are like constantly like bickering with amongst yes. each other. Like I liked how it didn't show like a relationship as being perfect. Cause it never is, but it like didn't matter yeah. in the long term. No, I, I mean they they obviously like. Um, I don't know. It's like one of those things where you're like, I, I'd like to think they would still have you know been together like this even outside of the apocalypse, and maybe the circumstances would have never been. They they made them they would have never met each other sure but like I don't know if they if they had like I I like to think that they would have stayed together even if they weren't like like didn't have to you know what I mean like there yeah. if there was another place to go um but like yeah I don't know it's I actually didn't even know what direction the episode was going in when I when we started it like I didn't know anything about this and like my my gaydar is like not good it's malfunctioning <laughs> constantly. But, um, like, I don't know. I, I really got, like, a vibe about that, like, the second that, like, he, uh, like, started talking to him. Like, once he, like, pulled him out of the hole and everything. I was, like, I can, like, feel the sense, like, of attraction between these two. They are, like, communicating it with their bodies really well as actors. Like, um, and I was, like, oh, I guess that's what we're doing. Because I, I literally, like I said, I don't remember a lot about the game. I did not remember that Bill was, like, hinted at being gay or anything. So, I don't know. I thought that was really cool. And I was like, these actors are doing a supremely good job. Like, I'm I'm, I'm vibing with them through the TV. Um, yeah. yeah. Felicia, what are, you, what are some of the hallmarks you look for in, like, a good romance here? Uh, okay. I'm going to just admit, like, I also just finished rewatching The Mindy Project. Okay. Um, and I am very much just gonna admit it. I'm very much like a hopeless romantic. And I cried a lot watching the project. Jeez. Because I I hate when people who should be together aren't together. It really hurts me. <laughs> and um I think you need to find a new genre of thing. <laughs> That's like the whole it's... basis for it. I know. And like, if I'm reading a book and I know they're not going to end up together, like, I'll throw it across the room. I can't <laughs> deal with it. Like, and I have to read. I have to read like spoilers because I'll get really upset, <laughs> and then I'll be really sad. So, um, I really like when people end up together. I'll cry a lot, like with the character, like when like they're sad. Like I feel that emotion, but. Um, I just want to know that two people are going to end up together that like that I've you know that they've kind of hinted at for a while whether it takes like three seasons or whatever I'm just looking for that connection between them so I yeah I, I, but it yeah. has to be happy I cannot have a sad ending okay I'll be, fine I'll be um, okay I I think this was a happy ending also I will say yeah like, yeah no. I, I would rather go together than I'll be by myself. That would be right. depressing. Like, because all I kept thinking of, there's no way he's gonna he's gonna go by go himself. By, yeah. Because I can't imagine him dig digging a single grave because that's the most fucking depressing thing. And I literally kept thinking that I was like, I, I he's never gonna 
dig a grave for him. That's my too sad. I was thinking that I was like, is he like gonna do this? And then like when he walked into the room with like the wine ball already open, I was like, oh, he already did it. Like, yeah, hundred percent, he's done. So, yeah. um, and I I understand like, you know, the the anguish of being like, I don't know, I I, I don't. I think that Frank was like, you know, partially like, you know, happy about that, but also partially not. Like, it's hard. It's hard to wish like this other person is like dying, is gonna die with you, you know. Um, but and I would say that like, I don't think it's like this unhealthy kind of thing. Like I think it is often in in, in media where you have like you know two people dying together because they can't live without each other, etc. Like. I mean, this is this is the fucking apocalypse, right? There is yeah. nothing else. There is nowhere to go. Like, there is no other. There is nothing else to live for, unfortunately. Whereas, He's old. Like, how long can he like shoot at other people? And yeah. Hunt for food. Oh yeah, you're right. I mean, he, and like, why survive if you like? He already got the thing that he was surviving for. You know, like. Um. So, like, I totally understand that decision, and I probably, if I was to place myself in his shoes, probably would do the same thing. Um, yeah, but, like, I I think probably the, like, hardest-hitting point of the episode was the end, weirdly, like, when... It, just because, like, I know what's going to happen at the end. Um, like, I don't know, Jess, I'm sure you also noticed, like, when when he's reading the letter, you know, and it's, like... It says to keep Tess safe, and he's like, you know, like, you know what he's like. You and me are protectors. Like, you know that what we what we have to do. You know the choices that we're gonna have to make, and like you can you can just see like the like that moment for Joel is like the moment he's not he can't go back. Like yeah, you know that what is gonna happen at the end of the season is already set. There's no going back from it at this point. Um, but I think it was like really well done and uh, I'm trying to v- keep it very vague for Felicia cause I super don't want to ruin the ending. I am still shocked. She doesn't know what it is. Um, I also want to go to where they were like in the convenience store and like bring up at, you know, Ellie's kind of seen a lot of things at this point, uh-huh. but she still is very like childlike. And I think that's still amazing to me. Like, she's very excited to be in a, a convenience store. And yeah. she's very excited to be in a car. She doesn't know what a seatbelt is, and she thinks it's amazing. And just, like, her happiness, even though there's a lot of, like, terrible things, she's still, like I said, so childlike. And I really enjoy that about her character so far. Yeah, I I like that, too. I like the contrast, also, of her, like, childlike wonder with the things in the store and then her almost childlike wonder of like the the zombie that she finds in the basement like um and then i mean the thing is she like you know she like cuts into its head and like i think she's aware to some degree of how this is working like her like we said before like her brain is already infected there is this fungus like coating her brain essentially and it's almost like her getting a little glimpse at what's inside her own head like cutting open that thing's head um it was a really unnerving kind of scene, just, like, I don't know how she approached it and how, like, calm and collected she was about it. Yeah, it was. I, I was... I got... Because she got a little freaked out, and then she was very brave approaching it. I would have... I would have not. I would have ran away. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I think it's, like... 
I feel like there's another thing where, and and maybe this is just like I would say just specifically for Ellie, like you see they they do focus in on her face when she kills this this zombie, right? And like I think the reason for that is because you can see that she doesn't like feel anything about doing it, like. And I'm not saying she like specifically should or shouldn't like is it a person anymore or not whatever like, but just as a child, it's you know and just you know a few days ago right she was like seeing these people die and she's been curious about it this whole time and like I think this is the first time she's killed anything and like you see her her eyes just don't even register it like which I think I do think is part of the 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 acting the performance here is like Bella Ramsey just keeping this completely straight face as if she's like you know flicking a fly or something right like which I think is also a good setup for Ellie's future character development that uh that we, some of us know about. Wink. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I like that. Also cool that Ellie found some tampons. I didn't know they like were still making those. Man, I let me tell you, I, that's all I was thinking about too. I'm like, I don't want to live in the apocalypse because I don't want to have to deal with this problem. <laughs> oh jeez. Um. But yeah, anyway, so shout out. Um, also, how much money did Tampax pay to get in this episode <laughs> to HBO? <laughs> oh, was it actually Tampax? Yeah, it was like yeah. branded and everything. Yeah, it was like Pearl and everything. This Not episode was brought to you by Tampax. <laughs> yeah, could have been. Could have been. Um, but yeah, I really liked that. Um, I, I just really like how all of this led up to... to Joel and Ellie coming there and I also really liked when Joel and Tess came and and met I liked seeing I liked one thing that this did do which I think we've talked about before is that in the game we didn't really get a lot of information about Joel and Tess's relationship they were again just like partners and it wasn't really ever even implied they were romantic partners um, in the game however in the show you know that is the case and not only that but um, based on the timing that they show them, like Joel and Tess have been together for 14 years at least, at least. And it's like the, the fact that like, you know, he had to like let her go in the last episode and like she died there in front of him is like a lot more poignant now that, you know, like she's, she's, you know, they've been together for a very, very long time. Like he suffered that loss. Um, I don't know. So I, that made me rethink it because I really didn't know how long they'd been together. But it's it's a long time, man. And it's hard to get, like, a partner in the apocalypse, I bet. It seems pretty like, easy considering the four people we've met so far. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, in that tiny little quarantine zone, what's the chances you're going to bump into someone who you like who just happens to be the same? Like, it's, it's, That's the like, next episode of Soulmates. <laughs> Listen, if I was them, I would have taken one of those other houses and just stayed there. But that's just me. Yeah. I think the problem is that, like, Joel, as as of right now, with Tess, like, gone, Joel's real only reason to live is his brother. Like No, when, when, I'm, when Joel and Tess were there. I oh, when Joel and Tess were there. I see, I see. Yeah, yeah no, I agree, I agree. I would have taken a house. I would have taken a house. I'd have been like, we're living here with you guys. Yeah, so I've noticed that you guys are letting the lawn get a little high. <laughs> <laughs> so I think some of that energy would have been good. Um, 
oh that would have been so funny if it was like a sitcom like, yeah. with them squabbling as neighbors um i do um oh i also wanted to throw out this fun fact that i saw that um they were scouting apparently for a long time to try to find a like a nor- little town like that like bill's town over there on the west coast and they couldn't because it just doesn't exist and i'm sure you've seen a lot of people from new england pointing out that there is no place even remotely like that 10 miles from boston um it's almost ludicrous the picture that they put of like the mountainous like craggy forest and they're like 10 miles from boston um because like you'd have to probably go down to like virginia or something to get some something like that like from the environment um but Anyway, so they filmed this show in Alberta and Calgary. So this episode was filmed in Alberta, um, which, if you don't know, is sort of like the uh, kind of the Wild West of Canada. <laughs> uh, except it's like very, um, it's very, it's not very populated. It's a huge area. That's kind of where the, the tar sands are, where like Canada extracts a lot of its oil from. Um, it's very like redneck people. Um I think if you see those, like, what is that show? Is it is it Letterkenny? Is that the Canadian one? What is the one I'm thinking of? I guess. There's a show about Canadian rednecks that's very popular that I can't remember the name of. Yes, Letterkenny. Uh, yeah, anyway, that's there. So, like, it's very, like, open spaces and stuff. But regardless, there's not, like, a lot of people living there and much less, like, a tiny New England village. So they had to, they built Bill's city, like this little village there from the ground up. They created this set uh, for this episode, which is probably why it cost fucking $10 million an episode. They had to build that whole, whole Home Depot. <laughs> they, yeah, uh, they built the Home Depot. Um, but yeah, I, I liked, uh, I did, man, did Home Depot pay for this episode too? Damn. <laughs> I don't know. Also, like, he could have gotten seeds from them. Like, there's so much stuff he could have gotten from that Home Depot. Yeah, Home Depot has plants and seeds, too. You're right. Interesting. Well, um, if I was there, I'll tell you, I would have gotten one of those little buzz saws, and it would go like, and that would, I've, I've run out of, I didn't have anything else. <laughs> I don't have any survival skills either, um, unfortunately. No, Wait. I can cook and I can grow stuff, but that's about it. <laughs> that's pretty good. Those are that's like growing stuff is like huge, dude. Also, I just remembered I'm an Eagle Scout, so I do theoretically have survival skills. <laughs> you could start a fire. I can start a fire. Um, so that's a good start. Um I think I would have gotten some lighters from Home Depot also. I okay, this is a good time to ask this question, which I think about frequently, almost every day. Not every day, but almost. If okay. if the apocalypse begins, where where are you running to like hole up? Like what is the place you're gonna like hole up that's gonna have all the things you need? Cause like something like a Lowe's or a Home Depot is probably a good idea. Like a Kroger? They do have bathrooms in Kroger. Like the big Kroger here. Mm-hmm. Bathrooms uh, are good to have. <laughs> probably we've got a shop called the range which like has everything in it from like camping stuff to cleaning products like anything that you can think of for your house uh, uh, maybe, the range will have it maybe the bass pro shop it's a good idea they do have water and like food 
Um, yeah. I don't know. I've, I've thought about this. Well, Target would be a good idea or a Walmart. Walmart I know. Walmart's too obvious. Everyone's going to go to Walmart because they have guns there. They so. do have guns there and tents. Well, Target would be a, ne- a next good thing. Yeah. And the Target here is right across the street from Walmart anyway, so I'll just pop over oh, there. I would like to see a, a, a zombie apocalypse film set in uh, the. I know Twenty Eight Days Later is set in the UK, but I haven't seen it. But like set like an apocalypse film set in the UK, where they're just like, oh great, well we had these gun laws, and now we've got these with knives <laughs> to take out these zombies. With. That actually does happen with um, in a. There's this great show on on Netflix that came out last year, I think. It's called All of Us Are Dead. It's a uh, Korean uh, zombie apocalypse. Oh show. yeah, uh, have yeah, you seen I that? Yeah, I watched that. Yeah, yeah, I really loved that show. But I also remember them like constantly lamenting about like, well, they did this in this movie, and they're like, we don't have any guns here. <laughs> this is Korea. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I was also wondering why they weren't fishing, or is the water not good? You know, when they were in the woods, and she's like, I've never been in the woods before. Weren't they by a stream? Like, so. Ellie Ellie specifically has never left the quarantine zone, I think. Yeah. But I also am curious about, like, why they wouldn't be fishing. Is there a reason that they don't? Like, I don't know. Let me, let me just do a, a quick look. Jess, entertain us with a joke. Um, uh, I don't know any jokes. Wow. Shall, I'll, I'll, look, I'll look one up. I'm going to the Last of Us wiki, and I'm on the page Animals. Animals. <laughs> also, would you have dug a pretty, uh, more than one hole? Or I would have dug a pretty deep moat, moat I think. Yeah, I, I don't know why you didn't do a moat. I think that would have been a good idea. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah, he had that tiny little hole and out of, like, <laughs> of like, anywhere that Frank could have walked. He just oh, happened to stumble into that, like, that one tiny little hole. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> that, like, He's I probably the know. only person to fall for that. <laughs> so the only two mentions of fish are um, there are crabs uh, that are alive seen on the beach outside Pittsburgh. Um, interesting. So... And then there's also a part where Joel like goes into the sewers and there are a bunch of fish in there. Um, hey, hold on. Wait, shut shut the fuck up. There's a zebra in here. Um, <laughs> My zebra? The zebra? I forgot this? about this. Zebras make a brief appearance in The Last of Us Part 2. Abby searches for her father at a nearby park in Salt Lake City. After, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, after finding him, he reveals his plans to check in on a nearby pregnant zebra who is due any day now. The pair begin walking through the park. I don't think this is an important plot point, but the, the, the two hear the zebra cry nearby and find her stuck in a barbed wire fence. Ooh. Oh, no. Okay, so they no, come. It was, it was one of those, like, one of the most annoying things about that I found about The Last of Us 2 was I thought it was, I thought it was a great game, like, great storyline, but one of the most annoying things was how much it kind of, like, pushed for its its like vision so like abby's dad is supposed to be portrayed as like a good guy so this was one of those scenes where they're like hey look what a good guy abby's dad is and yeah he helped he helped he res- rescued a pregnant zebra um <laughs> and uh the three of them emerge from the forest to find the mother zebra with a newborn by a river now at peace that seems nice um anyway I, I forgot that there was a zebra in that game looks like monkeys also feature prominently see 
They could survive off anything. That, and I'm telling you, kangaroos. I don't see kangaroos on the wiki here, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, let me see here. I'm trying to see if there are any actual monkeys, or they're just like... No, no actual monkeys are seen in the game. Um... But there's a bunch of mentions of infected monkeys because the fireflies did experiments on them trying to cure the virus. Hmm. Sad. I can't believe they're still doing animal testing after the apocalypse. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, what do you think? What do you think in this world happened uh, to Peta? You think uh, they're still? They, ate each they ended up eating each other. I like that. I'll go. I'll stay with that. Those people are rude. <laughs> They're horrible. They kill more pets every year than any, like... Yeah, they. I think they kill more pets than any of the, like, actual shelters they're protesting every year. Yes. Um, And then they make, like, shitty Flash games where Mario kills a Goomba and there's real blood coming out of it. And you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> Is this what you want to do? Um, anyway, um... So, yeah, I, I I really like how they tied everything together at the end of the episode with that note to Joel. And uh, Felicia, I will say, just keep that in mind. And, like, uh, when, when we get to the last episode of this season, like, you, you'll see kind of how that has affected him. Um, hey, not the shower scene. I would have stayed there just for the shower, guys. <laughs> just, oh, yeah, they did have a shower. That was good. I know, and they had clothes for her. Oh, Man, dream. we could have had that. We had it. We could have had a good time. Did you guys know what Tess's last name is? No. It's Servopolis. It's like Greek. Oh. Huh. Interesting. Um, I would have never guessed that. I I wouldn't she's, either. She's apparently related to John Stamos. Who really? No. <laughs> Are you just saying that because she's Greek also? Yeah. Jeez. Um, also, I wanted to give a quick shout out. Um, Annie Hershing, uh, Hershing, sorry, Annie Wershing unfortunately passed away last week. And she played Tess in the game. So um, yeah. she was only 45 years old. Uh, fucking horrible. I believe it yeah. was some sort of um, disease or medical related thing. It was uh, cancer. It was cancer. Okay. Yeah yeah um man that that really sucks Wershing played in the 2009 taco bell all-star legends and celebrity softball game that fucks dude that's awesome rip a true legend um let me see here i'm just trying to see if she was in anything else huge but um yeah that's uh did anyone watch 24 no, I watched Designated Survivor, which also has Kiefer Sutherland. Ooh. Um, I haven't seen Bosch. I haven't seen Timeless either. I love Bosch. It's oh. a good show. It's on Amazon Prime. It says she plays, she plays Julia Brasher in Bosch. Good show. All right. Very good. Also, if you want to watch Designated Survivor, it's about, like, everybody um, that works in Congress um, at the Senate. Like, they're... It's in it's in session and everyone dies and there's one survivor. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's an interesting show. Oh, one thing I also want to throw out is like 
somebody pointed out like the last shot of the episode where you have you're looking out the window is it's the same shot as like the menu screen for the for the games where you have like a little that window with the flapping curtains looking out into the distance um and like people kind of took that to be like uh i don't know like symbolism of like a new beginning sort of a thing which i kind of like like having like the the start screen from the game be like the final shot of the episode is like this is the beginning of a this is a new beginning um i think that's a neat idea I think this is really cool because I feel like having Neil Druckmann like directly create this show has been like very instrumental to its success. Like the person who there is nobody on earth who better understands the original product than he does. And like, uh, just, I don't know, transferring some of that stuff into this show is like really cool. And again, I don't mean like do more like one for one shots. Cause I'd like really don't care about that. (laughs) Like, yeah. Um, (laughs) I think what my favorite parts about this adaptation have been so far has been the parts where it's elaborated on the original story. Yeah. So I think a, a good adaptation is something that it 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 um it loyal to the source material, but then at the same time has its own uh, creative twist. Like yes. we've already seen the storyline of the game. We don't need that copied like word for word. Mm-hmm. Does anyone else want to want to add anything up before we do our predictions? I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Um, so next week, I believe uh, we are going to be venturing out into the wilderness a little bit on our cross-country adventure. And so I've been thinking about all the, like, sort of... Uh, some of the things are, are a little different here, but I also think maybe if the cordyceps can affect humans, maybe there are some animals it can also affect the same way so we've already talked about monkeys i'm gonna make a an honest real prediction which is that there are going to be wild animals that are infected with the cordyceps like there are going to be like clicker monkeys or something like that not a bear i was thinking bear at first but then i thought like well if they're trying to be sciencey about it like monkeys are really similar to humans so maybe like the the disease works bear was my first thought though like, can you imagine one of those fucking things? Like, as a bear? No, it, like, it's terrifying to think about, yeah. to be honest. That was my I'm real gonna... prediction. My, my goofier one is maybe it's, like, a pterodactyl, and that would be funny. <laughs> I'm going to one-up you. I think my prediction is going to be so the cordyceps can uh, can control humans and animals. But what if humans could control the cordyceps? What do you what do you mean? <laughs> so I don't know, like someone's got like the power to control. Oh, the they fungus, just like can so they, mind control. Like, touch a mushroom, and, yeah. And, oh, they're gonna <laughs> introduce a new villain who's like a fucking mushroom <laughs> sorcerer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting you said that because I was thinking more of the along the lines of tree end, so the trees start moving, mm-hmm. like Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. <laughs> and what do they do? <laughs> they. They start eating people. Oh. I think we might have lost then. I think that might be it. <laughs> if the, if the trees start if we eating had a people. Tree apocalypse. <laughs> if we had a tree apocalypse, we would be completely fucked. There would not be anything to do about it. They're taking back the earth. What's that Mark Wahlberg movie? What do you mean, what's that Mark Wahlberg movie about taking back <laughs> no, the earth? <laughs> one where like spores kill people. I think it's a Mark Wahlberg movie. Where spores kill people. 
It's not this. And it's it's literally like the environment is killing everybody. And like trees are The day after tomorrow. No. Is that no, that's not it. That is one of them though, where the earth is like, I'm gonna kill everybody. But yeah, the, it's basically the trees are sending out spores and killing people. I'm typing anyway, in that's... Mark Wahlberg apocalypse movie. There was that one episode of Doctor Who where uh, the one in the library where the, the Oh, creature... it's The Happening. The Happening, oh. there you go. That's what I was thinking. Is it have Mark Wahlberg? It, it is. It also has a yes! 17 on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Not great. Zoe Deschanel is in it. Anyway, what were you saying, Jess? Uh, there's that episode of Doctor Who that's like set in the library where the creature of the yeah. episode is uh, the shadows that live amongst the trees. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was pretty good. Um, okay, so let's let's wrap it up here. Um, and uh, thank you guys for, for joining us. We'll be back with more. Did we have any hot takes this week? I don't feel like we did. Uh, my hot take is I like ellie's childlike wonder i guess it's a hot take i don't know here's my hot take um i think that uh you know what strawberries are not one of my favorite fruits i'll say it um i wouldn't eat rabbit because i own a rabbit that's my hot take yeah i actually was like thinking about this because yeah, I don't think I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't own a rabbit, so. How would you survive being a vegetarian in the apocalypse? Well, Jess asked me that too when we were playing the forest the other day, <laughs> where we had to, by the way, eat eat people to live. Jesus Christ. Which is not the same. Um, <laughs> whatever PETA tells you, it's not the same. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I remember they talked. Actually, if you saw or read, I guess Life of Pi. Um, there is a whole thing about that because, like, Pi, like, the main character, he is vegetarian, like, you know, based on, like, a religious thing, which for me is not, but, like, you know, ba- based on his religion, he is he is vegetarian and he has to, like, he is, there's, like, this tormented decision he has to make eventually to eat this fish. And it, like, basically is, like, you know, tears him up inside to do this, but he does do it. And I feel like that would probably be me. Like, I, I wouldn't. I would if I if I had to eat meat to survive, I would try. I also don't know that my body can digest it anymore, though. No, you'd get very sick. Yeah. We could probably get you all the canned. We would pro- if you were a prepper, you'd have a lot of canned food. Packed, yeah, I think I have two cans of soup, so that will get you through the apocalypse. <laughs> well, maybe I'll just die then. I guess. All right, we'll get you cereal. Well, but by the looks of this apocalypse, it seems like you'll be all right because it doesn't seem like they eat meat considering they don't eat chicken. Um, Except, they don't eat fish. Yeah, Bill somehow has like meat to serve like every fucking day. Yeah, we can, but he had chickens. So you can have a lot of eggs. He did have chickens. That's true. Um, okay, cool. Oh, oh, sorry. Actually, now I'm less excited. There's a little, ze- it's International Zebra Day. <laughs> no. No, I'm serious. I might. I just looked down at my taskbar, and in the search bar on my computer, there's a zebra, and I was like, why? And I hovered over it. It is International Zebra Day. Um, zonkeys and other hybrids. i got to click on zonkeys. Hold on. <laughs> you can't, donkey. You can't it's, it's, give me the word zonkeys. A zebra and a donkey mixed. It's, it's got to be, like... 
That thing has to be sterile, kind of like a mule. Yeah. It would be, yeah. Here are some beautiful zebra hybrid animals that really exist. Okay, there's the liger, the mule we know about, barduct. It's a male ho- male horse and a female donkey. Compared to the mule, it has a greater resemblance to a horse. Okay? What are we even doing? <laughs> are we just, like, experimenting? <laughs> beefalo. A beefalo is a bull and a bison together. Are they fuzzy? Uh, it just looks like a it looks like a, a taller bull with like bigger horns. Um, I wonder, uh, does that happen in the wild or is it just in captivity where I, we've kind of like the breed was created uh-oh, in the yeah. United States to combine the best characteristics of both animals with the intent of beef production. No, Great. let's not. Let's uh, not do this. Koi wolf is a coyote and a wolf, obviously. Um, I feel like that could happen, though, in the wild. Yeah, I could see that. A prizzly. The prizzly is a rare hybrid between a polar bear and a grizzly bear and has been found both no. in captivity and in the wild. What? How? The presence of the prizzly in a natural state was confirmed in 2006 thanks to DNA analysis of an unusual-looking bear in the Canadian Arctic. And finally, the zorse. Can you guess what that one is? A zebra, zebra and a horse. Yeah, you got you got it. There's also a zonkey here. You can't call something a zonkey, right? That feels racist. <laughs> the place with the greatest presence of zonkey is South Africa, where there are cases in which zebras and donkeys are found to live together. Like mules, however, zonkeys are genetically incapable of reproducing. Um, oh, so the zonkey happens naturally. Yeah, it happens That's naturally, but they can't reproduce. Well, all right it's for the best all right well thanks for listening to all our zonkeys out there we love you um we'll be back next week with more zebra talk i'm gonna learn some more <laughs> zebra facts for next week so we will see you then everyone make your best zebra sound do they make a noise they do I, they're very loud i have to assume it sounds like a horse so i'm gonna do a horse yeah sound. Mm. <laughs> yeah that was pretty good All right, we'll get out of here.